Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. I'm so glad that you came to church today too. Today's the day that I believe God has something for you. We've been in an incredible series called New Era, series on evangelism, Look at how we share our faith, how we tell our story, what it looks like to have a new wave of evangelists moving across the earth, not just leaving evangelism to the select few, but understanding that this is a new era, there's a new me. There's a new opportunity for me to renew my reputation and to, to really extend the Kingdom through what God has given me. It's been a powerful series, been loving it. But I didn't wanna finish this series without something special. And today you're in for a treat because I have my good friend, Pastor Justice Coleman here today from Freedom Church LA. Pastor Justice, his amazing wife Maria is here and uh, they lead the church there in Freedom Church in LA. And uh, just been watching Pastor Justice for a while. We were Instagram friends first as most of my great relationships start out. But just watching their church grow and really being a, what I would call a revival and a move of God and watching Him and what God's put on His life, I knew that this was the time that we needed to have Him come and speak into our church. So I want you to be ready today, church. I want you to be leaning in. I want you not to act like it's 9.30. I want you to act like it's 11.30 and you've already had a couple of mimosas and you're ready to engage with the Spirit of God. Can we do that, church? Well, come on, can we give it up for Pastor Justice Coleman as he comes to bring the Word of God today. Come on, give it up for this man of God. What's up, Vibe Church? Hey, if you think you have the greatest pastors in the world, Pastors Adam and Kira, can you make some noise if you have the greatest? You have the greatest. Hey man, give a friend a high five before you take a seat. And uh, man, God's hand is on this church. Man, I'm so excited to be here because I just want to be a part. I just want to, I want to experience what God's doing here. I've seen from a distance and now I get to be here. And since the atmosphere that you're creating, man, don't you know God's, man, can you make some noise if God's hand is on your life? Yeah. Can you make some noise if you're in a new era? Let's get into the Word of God. Luke chapter 15. We're going to talk about my favorite subject today, especially getting ready for Easter. Luke chapter 15, Jesus says this. He says, uh, he starts off, Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Okay, tax collectors and sinners and Pharisees. So you got, you got a mixed group here, right? You got, you, got the, you got the hood and you got the good, okay? Right there. And Jesus is talking to both of them at the same time. And I think that's important that we see that because this is a mixed crowd that Jesus is talking to. Uh, but don't you know everybody needs a Savior? And so He is talking to them and He's like, how do I talk to these Pharisees and these, and these tax collectors and sinners all at the same time? And so He tells three parables back to back. Can we get into the Word of God today and hit three parables in one day? Is that okay? You love the Word of God? Okay, so three parables. Now listen, Jesus was a rabbi. In the first century when a rabbi would speak in parables, uh, you know, it's a story that meant one thing. But when you tell three parables back to back, don't you know this rabbi is really driving home one central point? So this is progressive illumination. So we're going to get there. So if you're taking uh, notes today, the title of the message is The Tale of Two Sons. 
But look before we get, look, look at these parables before he gets to the last one, which really drives it home. It says here in verse three, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Hey, raise your hand if you've heard this one before. Okay. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder, goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell him that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus goes, once upon a time, there's a shepherd. He's got uh, how many sheep? 100, right? One of them's missing. So he leaves 99 with another shepherd. Is that what it says? No. It says he leaves 99 in the open wilderness. Okay, so what is everybody thinking who's hearing Jesus tell this story? What kind of shepherd leaves 99 in the open wilderness, right? And Jesus is doing this because he's getting them. This is not a true story. He's making this up. It's more than a true story. It's better than, he's like, imagine this kind of shepherd. He leaves everything to go find the one. He finds the one, puts it on his shoulders, comes back rejoicing and throw a party. And everyone's like, what kind of shepherd would do that for one sheep? Next one, he says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. And the same way I tell you, there's more rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. He says, once upon a time, there was a woman, maybe she was a widow, she didn't have much, she had some coins. How many coins did she have? 10 coins. She loses one of them, and she's, she loses her mind. She starts going every, she goes to her neighbor, she's knocking on the door of all of her neighbor's house. She's like, have you seen my coin? Have you seen my coin? Hey, have you seen my coin? Did I leave it here? And then she's sweeping the house, and she finally finds the coin, and she pulls it up, and she's like, my coin, right? She's so stoked. She goes back to her neighbors, right? Knocks on the door. Hey, I'm throwing a party for my coin that I found. Do you want to come celebrate with me? She, she starts, now watch this. In the first century, when people threw parties, there was an expectation for food and all this kind of stuff. It was about the honor. It was about the culture. It was about the reputation. Don't you know the party for the coin that she found would have cost more than the coin itself? Everybody here in the store is like, what kind of shepherd would leave 99 in the wilderness? That's a reckless kind of shepherd. What kind of woman would, why would she spend more money than the coin on a party for the coin? I think Jesus is trying to teach us something about how the kingdom of God values lost things. Maybe lost things are valued differently. The Lord gave me a word for you this morning. Um, and for your pastors when I was on a run. Who in here loves running? Did we talk about this last week? Did we talk about this last week? Come on, I don't love running, but I love results, right? I ordered the t-shirt. Uh, and as I was praying, I, I, I want to I go ahead. And, God really is. You're in a new era. Come on, say new era. But he warned me. He said, you can go into a new era and keep an old mindset. And what happens when that happens? You miss what God's doing. Can you receive that this morning? I think lost things are valued differently in the kingdom of God. Do you want your heart to change? Do you want it to line up with God's heart? Who's ever been lost before? I was gonna ask if you've lost a kid, but I don't know if I wanna get into that because I've, 
I've gone through that, and I'm just, my wife's right here, and I just, just stick to the word of God. I, I got lost when I was a kid. Um, I, I grew up in Texas for a few years before I, I moved here to Southern California. And um, in Texas, everything's bigger and everything's wild. And, and our house was like up against, our backyard was like a forest. There was like a chain link fence and this huge like forest reserve or something like this. And one day I, I ran away. It wasn't the first time I'd run away. I ran away, I was like four years old. I was like, you know what? I could do better than this. And I left and I was, I went under the fence and I was in the backyard and I was out there and I remember this because when you're four years old and you have a traumatic experience, are you with me? You remember all of it. So I'm gone, I was exploring. I remember the sun going down. I remember being cold, okay? I remember what I was wearing. I was wearing like these little overalls, like these little Oshkosh Bagash overalls, right? Yeah, I think somebody on my worship team actually back home has the same overalls. Anyways. Uh, I'm, the, 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 I, I, honestly, this is off. I remember peeing my pants. Like it was, I remember the sun going down. I remember being wet and cold. Don't laugh so much. I'm a guest. Um, and I remember like, I, but I also remember when I was found and I was brought home. And I remember my parents, like there was a search helicopter in the sky. And I remember when, 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 they, when, when I was delivered to my parents and my, the look on my dad's face, the look on my mom's face, don't you know that was the greatest day of their life? It had gone from the worst day of their life to the greatest moment of their life. They hit something that was lost, was found. Something, someone might've been dead, but now they're alive. It was returned to them. And this, this, this I, I remember being lost, but I remember being found. And I remember that look on my parents, face. You know, you can go into a near, new era and have an old mindset, but what you really need is a perspective. Come on, we need heaven's perspective. You need to see things the way we need to see things the way God sees things, lost things, people. And Jesus is about to just really bring this home right now with the third. Remember, there's three parables together. This last one's really going to just, uh, this is one message that Jesus has taught. He's just going to really bring this to a new level. And now he's talking about the lost son. Then Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Come on, say two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, remember, Jesus is making up this story and everybody's listening to him. And they hear about a dad who divvies up. I mean, this is a nobleman. This is a man of wealth. This man had property and real estate and businesses. And, and, and here he is, this, this, this older son and the younger son. And the younger son goes to the, he says, Dad, you know, I'm gonna, I have an idea for you. You know, don't shut this down. What if, what if we went ahead and acted like you were dead now? And I got my cut of the inheritance now, right? And everybody hearing Jesus tell the story was like, Oh, no, he didn't. That is so dishonorable. What kind, of, what kind of punk would talk to his dad like that? That's the kind of shame that would affect generations of his family. And then Jesus goes, and the father did it? And somebody just got up and walked out when Jesus told that story because they're like, there's no way. There's no way any dad would do that, right? Not to mention the older brother in, 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 in that society, the older brother got a, got a different cut. You know, he got two-thirds. So now, so now the younger brother's not just messing over the dad, but he's also messing over his older brother's inheritance too. It says a few days later, he let him do it, meaning they had to kind of break up some real estate, real estate and, 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 and divvy things up. I mean, this would never happen in real life. Just like a shepherd would probably never leave 99 sheep, or just like a, just like a woman would probably not spend more money on a coin a party than the coin's worth. But this is a dad who's just a different kind of dad. And he lets him 
He lets him go. He says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country where he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, he, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. He sent him to his field to feed pigs. And everyone's like, oh, not pigs. That's not kosher. We don't jack with pigs over here, okay? Pigs are big time off limits. Why is Jesus talking about the pigs? Because he wants you to see how far gone this boy is gone. He hasn't just left his father's you know, home, but he's left the whole nation. He, he, he's, he's now in an area where there's pigs. This, kid, this guy's probably never seen a pig in his life, and now he is touching pigs, right? Feeding pigs, right? This guy's rock bottom at this point. He's left his father's home. He's really left his father's faith at this point. That's how far he is. It says here, he says, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my, I think that might be the best line in the Bible. Verse 17, when he came to his senses. Can we just talk about that line for a minute? Anybody had that moment where you came to your senses? I was 20 years old, how are you? I was 20 years old, came to my senses. What am I doing? I am covered in all this. I got down on my knees and I, and this is literally my prayer when I was 20 years old. I said, God, the life that you've given me, verbatim, this is what I said, I butchered it. I don't know, I, don't, I am so sorry. I just came to my senses. I said, if you will take me, I will serve you every day of my life. You can have my life. You can do whatever you want with it. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to serve God, and I'll just give him back. I had no idea what he had in store for me. I was just like, I will give you my life because I don't want it anymore because I came to my senses and realized there's a, there's a father that might take me. If what they said about him is true, I just came to my senses. I was like, here, my, my life is butchered, man. Take it. I'll just serve you. That was my deal. I'll just serve you. Because serving you is better than what I've been doing for myself. And that's exactly what this kid is going through. He's like, I'll, he goes, when he came to his senses, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving. He said, I'd rather just go back to my dad's house, sleep in the barn, be a servant. Because that's better than being in all this pig slop. I will set and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But he, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Oh my God, I love this part. Dude, this is not the best story, dude. My job is so easy. All I gotta do is just share Jesus' sermon right now. I shared this story a while back at my church and like this guy came up to me afterward. He's like, Pastor, that story you told about the son that you made up, man, that was life-changing. I was like... Jesus made up that story, okay? Glad you like it. It says, while he was still a long way off, right? So you get this picture of like this, this, this important man and he's out in his big estate and he's on the porch and he's wealthy and he's looking down his infinity driveway <laughs> and he sees, uh, you know, he's like, he's got his eyes locked on that drive. Why is his eyes on the driveway? Because what's he thinking about? What's on his heart? What's on his mind? You know, it's like, it's, like, it's like he should be like in a business meeting or he should be doing some transactions or he should be running his estate, 
But no, man, he's out on the porch, like looking down the driveway, like, is this the day wow. where my, I see the head of my son pop up that driveway and finally come home? I don't know how long the kid's been gone, but it says while he was still a long way off, he saw him. Man, like he, was, he had a perspective. He had a, his gaze was locked. Is this, is this the day? Is this the day that he comes home? And this was the day. His son had come to his senses and he had his, going, he had his speech ready, right? Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your servants. Like the, the, the kid comes walking up the driveway. He's covered in all the pig slop and he's like got a speech and he's being courageous and you know, he's, he's, he's passing the, 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 the gaze of the neighbors who remember him and all the shame and he feels that walk of shame as he's going up the driveway. It says here, when he came to us, it says, uh, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son through his arms around him and kissed him. Man, this is not a, this is not a man who runs, y'all. Important men in his time, they, they didn't run. They were not out, they were not dressed to run, okay? They had robes on, okay? They had robes that went all the way down to their ankles, right? They, 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 these were elegant, regal robes, okay? They were bedazzled. I mean, there was just like a whole thing. They did not run. These guys, these, these were gliders. These men glided, right? They glide. And, this, and he's like a long way off and he sees him and he's like, is that my son? Dude, is that my boy? Is this the day that I have been praying for? And he hikes up his dress, are you with me? And he runs down the driveway, right? And there's servants like hoeing, like, you know, and they're like, we've never seen him run before. We've never seen his ankles. <laughs> like, and he grabs his son, bam, picks him up. He spins him around. He kisses him, right? He's getting all the pig stuff on him, right? And his son, he tries to say the speech. He's like, Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I'm no longer worthy. Look, 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 look at the, the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He's trying to get it out, right? He's trying to get it out. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring in his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He's lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Just grabs him, right? Doesn't even care. Kisses him. Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I just want to sleep in the barn. He says, you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. You with the hoe, right? Go. Go up to my, there's three things I need, I need from you. Okay, three things. Number one, what was the first thing he needed? Robe, right? Who wears robes in a family? This household, only people wearing robes were the sons. I don't know what his clothes looked like, how dirty they were, how nasty they were. But his father saw him like that, covered in that. And he said, you can't be covered in that. You gotta be covered in something else. Go get me, get the best robe, it says in the house. Who's got the best robe? That's his wardrobe. Go get the best one. Get my robe. Put him over him. You know, it says in uh, Isaiah 61.10 that God covers us with a robe of righteousness. His garment of salvation. What is that picture of right there? And the son comes up and he's covered in his past. He's covered in his mistakes. He's covered in all that shame. 
He puts new clothes on. You know, Galatians 3.20 says is when you're baptized in Christ, it's like putting on new clothes. This is a picture of Jesus covering him, covering him. Anybody love Jesus this morning, man? I'm, I've been following Jesus 17 years. I swear I got saved yesterday. I feel like it, man. I feel like it. Man, I just, some of you guys are hearing this story right now and you're just thinking, man, that would be nice. That'd be nice to just have all my past taken care of like that to somebody, you know. I wonder what was going through that son's mind. All that stuff all over him. Man, second thing he gave him was what? What was the second thing he gave him? The ring, right? Why, what's, who gets a ring in this household? Who gets the rings? What are ring, why are rings important? You ever seen one of these signet rings? They have a little crest of the family on it, little icon, you know? What they would do is this would be the decision makers, the ones with authority. Come on, say authority. authority. They're the ones, only the sons and the dad had the ring because there'd be documents that need to be dipped in wax and it would need to be signed. So you say, hey, hey, when you're up there and you're getting my robe, go get one of my rings and bring it down here because I don't want people looking at him like that and I don't want people listening to him any different. This is my son. He has covered in my, he's got my robe. He's got my authority. I can't have anybody thinking anything else other than this. Man, I've been a sinner a long time. Anybody else? This is the best news. I could read this story a million times. Man, I, I've been sinning as long, since as long as I can remember. I, 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 I think I was, I'm, my, my first sin, now that I think about it, I was like 18 months old. My brother had a kid and, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's young, that's young to be an uncle, 18 months. <laughs> My brother had a kid and they moved in with us and, 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 and I was getting all the attention at 18 months old. Now my brother has a kid. Now he's getting all the attention. My little nephew is siphoning off the attention that had been going to me. And I remember being jealous at like 18 months. Old. I've been sending for a long time. You guys, I remember being jealous I remember like, not, I remember, uh, can I tell you, is, is this a safe place? Is this a safe place? It's an embarrassing story. Uh, I remember, I remember <laughs> I crept into my nephew's room in the middle of the night. I climbed up into his crib. I bit that fool on the head. <laughs> nobody taught me how to be jealous. Nobody taught me how, nobody, I have I, full disclosure, I've not bitten any baby's heads ever since I'm in recovery. I'm redeemed, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, I, I've been a sinner a long time. I, I just think about, I think about this moment where somebody has all of this past, all this history, and somebody is seeing him for who, ugh. one more thing he gets for him. What is it? What is it? He gets him the robe, which is a picture of Christ. He gets him the ring, which is the authority. And there's one more thing. What is it? Sandals. Why is sandals a big deal? Because the people that worked on the property for this father, they were indentured servants, meaning that they were paying off a debt. And when you were an indentured servant, you went around barefoot. So when he went and said, get sandals out of my closet, he was saying, I want everybody to know that the debt is paid canceled. This is not a slave. This is a son. This is my son. Check out the robe. Check out the ring. Check out the sandals. This is my son. 
This is my son and you don't see him any differently. I wanna make sure before my son gets back up to the house, everybody sees him the way I see him. So they'll treat him the way I want him to be treated so that they can see this is not a slave. This is not a servant indentured. To me, there's, the debt has been paid. And you know what, while you're at it? Kill that fatty calf. Kill the fatty calf. We gotta have a part. You know what, in the ancient cultures, you know why they had a fattened calf? A fattened calf was the one they'd be getting ready because it's big enough to feed the whole neighborhood. So he's like, you know what we're doing? We're throwing a party. We're having a rager because my son is here. Come on, my son is here. Kill the fatty because you know what? Everybody's gonna celebrate. You know why? Because everybody heard the news when he left. Everybody heard the news when he got sh when he shamed his father. And now, but everybody's gonna celebrate when he comes back. This is called redemption. This is a redemption party. Kill the fatty. We're going big. Invite all the neighbors. And then there was a great, this would be a great time to end the story. We could bring the worship team out. We could just wrap this thing up right now. Wouldn't that be good? We could just worship God for how good he is. We could just think about all that he's done in our life. And we could just think about, man, we could just spend time thinking about how we're covered in the righteousness of Christ. Amen. We could think about the authority that we have. We could think about how our debt's been paid. We could just celebrate. But that's not the end of the story. This is the tale of two sons. And remember, there's a point here that's being reinforced by the other two parables as well. It says here, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and he asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. The older brother was just thrilled. The other brother was so thrilled. He was stoked. He's like, oh, I hope he remembers our secret handshake from when we were kids. I can't wait to see him. Uh, how's the older brother feel? The older brother became angry. He refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Man, can you see the father's heart? Man, he goes out the driveway to get the younger son, throws a huge party. Now he's going out the party to get to the older son. This dad's going back and forth between the two sons because what's more important to a dad than those sons getting along? Man, I can tell you, I have three kids and we don't just sit down at dinner and the two aren't getting along and it's like, oh, you know what? We'll just continue acting like everything's normal. Everything, those kids better love each other, right? Or they're gonna lose their allowance. Their allowance is I allow them to live in my house. Look, Luke chapter 15. The older brother became angry, refused to go in, so the father went out and pled with them. But he answered his father, look, all, this is the older brother, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat I could celebrate with my friends. You never even ordered me a pizza. But when the sons of yours, this son, when this son of yours, verse 30, he doesn't even say my brother. He can't say my brother. It's not his brother anymore. He's disowned him. He's dead to him. When this son of yours, you hear his heart? You hear where he's at? The son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. How does he know he's been among prostitutes? Comes home. You kill the fattened calf for him? 
My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brothers of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. Can you see the father's heart? He's like, man, you, how have you been with me this long and missed my heart? Every morning I got a cup of coffee, I'm on my, pow my porch, I'm looking down the driveway, is this the day? You're out doing who knows what, and I'm sure it's really important, and it's a lot of busy work, but how have you missed my heart? The first parable, there was a shepherd who left the sheep in the hands of the wilderness <laughs> and went out, a shepherd went out to find that sheep, the lost sheep. The second parable, there was a woman who searched and searched and searched until she found the coin. Jesus, watch this, you missed this, you missed the whole thing. Jesus is setting up the first two parables so that when you look at the third parable, you see what he's leaving out because in that void reveals God's intention for this parable. Who's the one who was supposed to go out and find the lost thing? Do you see it? Jesus sets it up, the parable of two sons. He talks about two sons. Everybody hearing this story would have known there was two sons. And when they heard about the lost son who was gone, they would have thought, well, who's the person in this story? He's going to go seek and search and find the lost thing. Timothy Keller, one of a modern day theologian, he said, everybody who heard this story would have known and seen this point coming because everybody knows the second story of the Old Testament, of the Genesis story, which is Cain and Abel, which is the point, you are your brother's keeper. It was the, man, it was the older brother who should have been out there looking for the younger brother. It should have been the older brother searching and finding the thing that belonged and meant so much to his father's heart. But because he missed his father's heart, he missed his father's mission. He wasn't out there. Man, maybe you're here today. I want to invite the worship team out. We're going to end in a time of ministry here in a second. Maybe you're here today and you needed to hear this about how you are valuable to God and, and how God loves you and how his eyes have been. Maybe you're going through a heart. I don't know what brought you through the doors this morning, but I know Vive Church is a church where people who can from all walks of life and any kind of struggle, we can bring our friends here every single week because we know this is a place of hope and healing and they're gonna encounter the reality of Jesus, amen? So I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to online and who I'm hearing. Maybe you just need to, maybe you need to be reminded about a father who loves you. Man, maybe you feel like you're covered in pig stuff. Man, as it says in Psalms 40, God wants to pull you out of the muck of the mire and set your feet on the rock. Put a new song in your mouth to sing about how good he is so the world can hear and worship him. Somebody the other day said, your Jesus is a crutch. That's what they told me. I said, bro, bro. I said, Jesus is not a crutch. Like, I need something way more than I can lean on. Come on, I need something I can stand on. Jesus is the rock in which I stand. In a shaky world, he's the most unshakable thing. Man, I couldn't stand at all without him. And maybe that's you, and you need to hear about when I was 20 years old and I gave my life to Jesus, and I, I said, you know, I'll just be your, 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 your servant, but instead I became, a, I got to be a son again. Maybe that's you. 
but maybe this is a new era and you need a new mindset. And this parable can't just be about you anymore. Because I can tell you this with confidence, this parable was never about the younger son. It's always been about the older son. The reason why I spent the time setting those three things up and the reason why Jesus did that, I'm just, I'm just re-communicating the main point. And that's that if you're in the family of God, you have a responsibility to the Father's heart. I didn't come two weeks before Easter with all the things that we got going on for Easter at our church to come up here just to give you an inspiring word. We need Easter to look different at Vive Church. We need friends, family, coworkers, neighbors. We gotta fill this place up. There are people in your life that God has assigned to you, that you're gonna stand before God. Is he gonna say, "My"? can you guys handle this word? Are you guys okay? He's gonna say, I put them in your life for a reason because I, I was trusting that you would influence them toward Jesus. Will you stand to your feet? When I was, when I was four years old and I ran away from home, I remember just being out there and being cold and the sun going down and I remember the helicopter in the sky and I remember, I remember peeing my pants and but I'll tell you what I remember more than anything it was the sound of my salvation and it sounded like this I have an older brother named Jason and he had a 1981 Yamaha dirt bike Boom, Jason comes busting over the hill, pulls up next to me, and I'm sitting down next to this pile of rocks and covered. And he's like, come on. And I'm like, I'm wet. Don't touch me. I'm nasty. He grabbed me by my little Oshkosh Bagosh straps, picked me up, put me on that motorcycle, put his arms around me, and drove me straight up to my parents and delivered what was lost and said, he's found what you thought was dead is now alive. I had a big brother, y'all. I had a big brother who wasn't okay with me being out there where nobody could find me. He said, no, 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 I got a responsibility in this family. And I, I, it's not the helicopter's job. It's not the police's job. Man, it's not the neighbor's search community job. I'm the big brother. It's my job to go get the little brothers. And he went. I get emotional to this day. Do you think my relationship with my brother has ever been the same after that? Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't wanna miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.